Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, August the 10th, 2020, and we're continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, There is a Solution. We're on page 20, the fifth paragraph. Moderate drinkers have little trouble giving up liquor, reading through two paragraphs and ending with may even need medical attention. Today's readers are the 12 steps, Kelly I, 12 traditions, Kathy M, and readers of the text, Christina L, Dara L, and Heidi B. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, August the 10th, 7 a.m. meeting, 19272, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 19273. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the people who suffer from compulsive, sorry, to carry its message to the people who still suffer. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kelly I to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Yes, thank you. Good morning. This is Kelly I in Indiana reading the 12 steps. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Kelly I. 
and Kathy M. is going to read the 12 traditions. Welcome, Kathy. Good morning, Kathy M. from Michigan, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsively eating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for allowing me to serve, and have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Kathy M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter, There is a Solution, page 20, the fifth paragraph. Moderate drinkers have little trouble giving up liquor. We're reading through two paragraphs and ending with may even need medical attention. And Christina L., could you get us started, please? Moderate drinkers have little trouble in giving up liquor entirely if they have good reason for it. They can take it or leave it alone. Then we have a certain type of hard drinker. He may have the habit badly enough to gradually impair him physically and mentally. It may cause him to die a few years before his time. If a sufficiently strong reason, ill health, falling in love, change in environment, or the warning of a doctor becomes operative, This man can also stop or moderate. 
although he may find it difficult and troublesome and may even need medical attention. So um, Christina, Christina L. from 50 Harbor, Florida, recovered compulsive overeater and um, not cured, obviously. Um, so the paragraph, uh, two paragraphs before, you know, we were hearing about people who have said different things to us who um, asking why we can't lay off or just control or, you know, stop um, the different frothy emotional appeals that we would hear from people who are trying to help us. And, you know, these, these are the moderate drinkers are probably these people who just don't understand, you know, what a real compulsive overeater is like myself. Um, and I have to know who I am. And that was one of the, the things that I needed to identify for myself. I couldn't go to my doctor. I couldn't go to my therapist. I couldn't go to my husband, my sponsor, my friend, or my mother or anyone else to determine um, if I was a moderate drinker or a hard drinker or a real compulsive overeater. Um, well, moderate eater, hard eater, compulsive overeater. Um, you know, I had to determine this for myself. And when I first came into program, you know, I knew that I was, I had a problem with food. Um, that was what brought me into the, the rooms of OA. And, um, you know, it wasn't so long after that, you know, in the first couple of years that I was in program, but I really started to question, like, am I a real compulsive overeater or am I just a moderate eater um, or maybe I'm just a hard eater? And I really started to think that I was making too much of this. And, um, you know, thankfully for all those experiences that I've had, they have led me to know who I truly am and what I am. And, Perhaps I started out as a moderate eater when I was younger. I don't know. I don't think so because I I can I can reflect back on all the diets that I've been on, and um, you know I've had warnings from doctors and stuff. I remember my mom taking me to um, my pediatrician, uh, the family doctor actually. I don't even think it was a pediatrician, but they were testing me for diabetes when I was in eighth grade um, because there's a family history. And um, they wanted to make sure that I didn't have it because I was overweight at that time. And, you know, I've had other uh, people who have told me, um, you know, you don't want to get this, you know, family members who were diagnosed with uh, diabetes and other illnesses and stuff like that. Um, I know for me, the truth for me today is that I am a real compulsive overeater and I'm grateful for the experiences that I've had. Um, that have led me to that conclusion with the relapses, um, the experiences, talking to other people, going through the steps. Um, and I know that to be a fact today that I am a real compulsive overeater. I'm not a moderate, I'm not a moderate eater. I'm not a hard eater. I have never been able to put the food down. Um, that was just not my, my case. And, um, you know, that's, that's all I need to know. I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to ask anybody else. Um, I know for me that I am a real compulsive overeater. And uh, I guess with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me be of service. And um, thank you for being service. And have a great day. Thank you, Christina L. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. 
So if you shared Monday or Tuesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Lee H. Ken W. H. Sue Ann W. Lee H. Julie P. Okay, let me tell you who I heard so far. Lee H., Ken W. H., Sue Ann W., Julie P. Anybody else? Jackie B. Okay, let's go with that lineup. We've got Lee H., Ken W. H., Sue Ann W., Julie P., and Jackie B. Lee H., please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you so much, moderator. This is Lee H. I'm a compulsive eater in Tennessee and grateful to be here this morning. Uh, these two paragraphs are really interesting for me. Um, at the words that jump out at me are um, giving up and stopping and moderating. And for me, when I first came in this program, I was just irritated at the, I've always been irritated at the moderate eater who could just stop. And um, then the diets I went on, I knew I needed to lose weight, um, but it was just the idea of giving up something that just kept me so stuck for years. And there were some health issues that, you know, did motivate me. But really and truly, it after having been recovered and working with sponsees and, um, you know, some people still think this is a diet, you know, that they can stay on the food plan during the week and then on the weekend they can, you know, reward themselves with a snack or whatever. I see this so differently now. Um, I'm just, I'm living in the promises and I just cannot explain how blessed I've been that I'm being given. It's what I'm getting now. It deep down inside my soul, it, it's really not about the food anymore. And I'm getting with some old friends this weekend and I haven't seen one girl in 14 years. We've been, um, our husbands were in business and it fell through and so we just haven't, you know, really gotten back together. We were good friends, but we're getting together this weekend. And they're eaters and drinkers. And I, I realize, you know, I, I would have never been able to do that if I had not been working this program and really getting clear with God and just asking him, you know, what do I do today? Direct my thinking, direct my words, direct my actions. And I'm just so grateful that, you know, I can be who I am today. I can set boundaries with people. I can say no now that, you know, that's a complete sentence and it, and it doesn't have to offend people anymore. And uh, I can give now out of what I've been given. And so I'm really grateful to be here and I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Lee H. Ken W.H., it's your turn, followed by Sue Ann W., Good morning, Ken. 
Good morning. Thank you so much. I'm Ken WH, Recovered Compulsive Eater from North Carolina. Um, the the line just before we read said uh, refers to people whose reactions are very different from ours. I didn't want to be different. And uh, I went through years and years of trying to convince myself that I was just a moderate eater or that I was even a hard <laughs> eater as opposed to soft, I guess. I don't know. But uh, that... Uh, that I was something other than a compulsive overeater. But what has said, come to, what I've come to terms with is that I am different. Um, I have a disease, and I have acquired or was born with one or the other this allergy of the body uh, that is triggered when I eat certain foods, and away I go, and I am different. And I have no control at that point. I can't even begin to think about moderating or even just having a good hard time at it. Um, I have to let go of all of those distinctions, and I have to stop trying to kid myself into believing that I'm not what I am, which is a compulsive overeater with a disease that includes an allergy of the body and a compulsion of the mind that just literally eats me up and uh, tears me apart from the inside out. Um, that's what matters, is uh, this, this comp- trying to, c- to figure out degrees of disease is, is irrelevant to me, or disease, or degrees of... Uh, uh, of behavior, uh, I need to let all of that go because I can talk myself out of thinking that I'm um, diseased in any way. So I just need to let all that go and accept the fact that the, from the doctor's opinion that I have an allergy of the body and a compulsion of the mind that condemns me if I... Uh, continue playing with it. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Ken W.H. Sue Ann W., it's your turn, followed by Julie P. Good morning, Sue Ann. Good morning, and um, thank you, everyone, for your service and for being here. Um, I just want to say that um, I was thinking myself that, that I was a hard so to speak, drinker. And I was thinking that I had my um, overnight drinking list, but as I found out the hard way, I still, I relapsed last night and I um, definitely have a, um, a mind and body, a, a body that's al- allergic and a mind that's twisted. So I'm glad to be us today. I'm glad to be here amongst you all. And um, thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Sue Ann. Julie P., it's your turn, followed by Jackie B. Please go ahead, Julie. Good morning. This is Julie P., recovering in Minnesota. Thank you, everybody, for your service and those of you on the line this morning. I am totally identifying in with the words falling in love this morning and how my disease has progressed over the years. 
I believe I used to be a moderate eater whenever I was falling in love. I could curb the eating when I was into a out of a relationship and looking for a new one. And I would be able to curb that eating um, until I found my new bowl. And as the years progressed and as I've learned through the big book, so did my disease of compulsive eating to where I now know that I am a true compulsive overeater. And I am so grateful that I have learned that. And the, the biggest thing I'm grateful for is the transformation that I am feeling as I'm going through, through these steps and recovering. I don't have to give up the relationship I'm in right now because of these steps. And for that, I'm truly grateful. And blessings in your day. Thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Julie P. And Jackie B., please go ahead. Hi, this is Jackie B. from the Bronx. Thank you so much, everybody, for your service and for this meeting. Um, You know, I've been in this program over 30 years And God willing, in a couple of days, I'll be six years abstinent. Um, But you know what? I have to say God willing, because if I don't touch base with my program every single day, um, I can be there. Um, There's been no, nothing in this world that's ever stopped me from being a compulsive overeater, except with, you know, refraining from those foods that will trigger my allergy and the obsession of the mind and working the steps and continuing to do 10, 11, and 12 every single day. Um, That even when I'm quiet, people in program will reach out to me and say, are you okay? Are you okay? Um, And the more I realize that you know, I, there are days where I say, oh, my God, you know, I can look in at, a, at, a, at, a, at a coffee truck and I see all those items and I said, you know what, I am only one bite away. Um, and what stops me today is the fact that I don't want to start all over again. You know, I don't. Because um, you know what, there, I will beg, borrow, steal to get my fix. And I know that. There is no, no one I love or care about that will stop me from eating compulsively because that's who I am. I've, I've, I've proven it. I don't think I ever was a moderate eater at any time. Um, maybe I could arrest it, but it was never going to go away. Um, and my food plans have changed over the years because I've proven, depending on the food, I can become compulsive with that too. Um, So I have to remember that unless I touch base, unless I make sure that I connect with my higher power of whatever I deem as my higher power and whether I reach out to another human being and say, listen, you know what? I feel moody. I feel happy. I feel disgusted. I feel fat. I feel bloated. I feel this. Whatever I'm feeling, as long as I'm feeling, then I have another day of recovery to give to another compulsive overeater. You know, because I've learned that I've been in other fellowships now thanks to this program because this is my primary. 
But guess what? I found out I have other compulsions. And I would never have known that had I not arrested this one one day at a time. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. But do I know who I am? Yes. Will I go to bed tonight as a compulsive overly? Absolutely. Will I wake up in the morning as a compulsive overly? Definitely. And with that, I pass. And I'm Jackie from the Bronx. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. For those of us who may have come on the line a little bit later, we are continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, There is a Solution. We're on page 20, the fifth paragraph. Moderate drinkers have little trouble giving up liquor. Reading through two paragraphs and ending with may even need medical attention. So the line is now open for sharing. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Monday or Tuesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name. Just help me here, everybody. Who would like to share? And I heard you, Nancy. Who else? Sorry, I missed that. Jim M. Toledo. Jen A. Toby K. Okay, let me me tell you who I've heard. I heard Nancy. I heard Colleen M. Jim S. Jen A. Who did I miss? Jackie A. Okay, Jackie A and Toby. Okay, that's a good lineup. I have Nancy, Colleen M, Jim S, Jen A, Jackie A, and Toby. Nancy, can you go ahead, please, and please give us the initial of your last name? Uh, It's Nancy P from Arkansas. I'm a compulsive overeater and compulsive shopper. Um, I guess when I read this, this moderate drinkers have a little trouble giving it up. I, I thought about moderate eaters and I am a returning member after decades away. I, I've been back a couple months now and I'm our program's really different, and I, a lot of feelings are coming up, and this moderate drinkers refers to me to moderate eaters who have little trouble in giving up food entirely if they have a good reason for it. I am so resentful. Why me? Why do I have this compulsion? Why... Why wasn't I born into a family that encouraged uh, expression of emotions and problem solving and instead of stuffing me with food? And that continued through my adulthood. Um, I'll be 70 this year and I'm still doing this. Um, My first go-round in OA, I had... Ten and a half months of almost perfect abstinence. I had one slip up in ten and a half months. I lost 115 pounds, kept it off for five years. Got into trouble when I got pregnant and couldn't find a reasonable dietitian or uh, nutritionist to help me with a program. So I gained about 90 pounds in eight months and I never really lost it all. 
I've always been very strong-willed. So one time I went to this church diet program and lost 60. Another time I just did it on my own and lost 98. I was almost at my goal weight. Instead, I quit and I gained it all back, plus another 30-some pounds. And right now, I've lost 133 pounds, and I'm slowly gaining it back again, and I don't want to do that. And I decided that the only thing that was going to work for me is OA, but I still have I'm still struggling. I'm just taking it one day at a time, one principle at a time, one step at a time. I'm working with a sponsor, going to meetings, and trying to stay on a food plan. And it's hard. You know, I I look back. Okay, I'll pass up real quick. I look back at my uh, abstinence of... Ten and a half months, I was working really hard, and I feel like I'm working hard now, but I know I'm not working hard as I did during when I first joined OA, so maybe I need to really step it up to get to a term of abstinence and healthy I'm eating. Thank you. Um my name is Nancy. I'm from Arkansas. My phone number is 207-343. Okay. Colleen M., it's your turn, followed by Jim S. Please go ahead, Colleen. Hi. Thank you, moderator. This is Colleen M. from Maryland. I just wanted to point out that, you know, we're here in the book, and it's, we're talking about step one you know, that we had to concede. Step one for me means that I had to concede to my innermost self that I am a true compulsive overeater. And I have had periods of time in my life where diets have worked and I have lost weight. And um, one thing, um, the one thing, and I've had multiple experiences because it's taken me years to get here, is that um, when the diet ended, I went back to eating the way I used to and I gained all my weight back. And the reason that this book tells us that is, is because we have a compulsion of the mind, that our mind lies to us and tells us that we can eat like normal people. And um, I had to have that smashed. It says in this book that, you know, those ideas had to be smashed. And um, we each have to find out I'm finding, because I, I love dragging other people along with me in my recovery, I, I know now that we each have to come to our own decision about this. You know, are we compulsive overeaters or not? Are we hard eaters? Are we moderate eaters? Are we of, are we of the kind of eater that without a spiritual solution, which this book is going to tell us, you know, so once we get to the point where we understand step one, then the book is going to tell us what we do next, you know, and that's going to be find a power greater than ourselves, turn our will and life over, work these steps, Um but I had to decide for myself because no one can do it for me because who would want to do this work if they didn't think their life was at stake? My times in my life when I was abstinent or on a diet and lose, losing weight, 
um, were miserable, you know, white knuckling it, being um, being without my substance of choice and trying to live life without these steps was was agony. So praise praise God that I stuck around long enough to hear this message. It took a lot of years to get it through my thick skull that uh, until I surrender first to the food and then to the steps, I'm not going to make any progress. I'm just going to keep being like a hamster on a wheel, round and round and round we go. With that, I'm going to pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Colleen M. Jim S., it's your turn, followed by Jen A. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. My name is Jim S. I'm from Toledo, Ohio. Um, I'm not really clear as to whether I'm abstaining the way I'm supposed to. I know lately um, I've been wanting just to eat um, without any condemnation or whatever on me. Um, And I've been abstinent from alcohol for like three years and a few months. And um, I was struggling with another addiction. And what would happen is I would get down and then I would start binging, eating. And then I got involved with other behavior. And I've been abstinent from that behavior for about maybe a month now. And... uh, I know what it's like to not drink alcohol because, and it was difficult for me to stop drinking alcohol. Um, I had a lot of time back um, a few years ago, and um, the, the addiction that I've been struggling with showed up, and so I went and drank. Um, I didn't get drunk, but I drank. And it's about the same way with food for me. Um, I just need to be in a safe zone where I know what I'm doing. I'm eating when I'm hungry and not eating to comfort myself. So um, I'm enjoying listening probably more than I do sharing. So um, that's just where I'm at right now. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jim S. Jen A., it's your turn, followed by Jack A. Good morning, Jen. Hey, Lynn. Good morning to you, too, and thanks for your service this morning. My name is Jen A. I am recovered uh, by the grace of God today. I'm compulsive overeating. Thank you, God. Um, I'm here in Colorado, and, you know, I remember at the bottom of 20 and then 21 um, when I heard somebody talk about uh, these three categories, moderate, um, hard, and the real alcoholic. And today we're reading about, you know, this hard drinker. And I can remember um, the categories here, right? Ill health. I remember um, having uh, being tested for type 2 diabetes. 
and they were telling me, you know, your BMI index is way off the charts and da 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 da, da and we're going to have to put you on medication and all this stuff if you don't stop. And I thought, stop what? I don't have a problem. I just eat like everybody else does, or so I thought. Um, or how about, um, you know, my neck surgery, the first time I had that, um, you know, that I was just thinking the doctor was like, okay, well, you're not going to be able to exercise now for six months. And so I had to stop. Well, guess what happens when you stop exercising and continuing to eat that way? I began to see that I was much more than a moderate drinker, right? I was a hard drinker or a hard eater. Um, but was I a real compulsive overeater? Um, well, you know, a new boyfriend would tell me that up the scale, down the scale. I remember the pictures, skinny fat, skinny fat, and I would just see pictures of me. Um, the environment, a divorce, a new social circle of friends, those were the things, the war, you know, it's just like it goes on and on and on. And for me, you know, I have to remember, can I moderate? Can I avoid the extremes, the high highs, the low lows, the dieting, the up the scales, down the scales? And as I listen to people in the rooms, I'm like, no, I can't. I'm like you guys. I am not a moderate person. Um, once I start eating, I can't stop, and I can't stop from starting. And I heard somebody say that in the rooms, and I was like, say that again so I can write that down. Once I start, I can't stop, and I can't stop from starting. And I knew at that point that I was no longer moderate, that I was a compulsive overeater. And I kind of think about it as like a snowball, right? A snowball, you pack it up, it's small, it's, it's petite. You put it at the top of a, a mountain peak, and you push it over the edge, what's going to happen to it? It just keeps accumulating snow and it turns into an avalanche. It's a hot mess. And so I knew that from there on out, I was no longer just a hard eater. I was this girl who was like, guess what? Anything that comes in my way, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to do it to any extreme high highs and low lows. That's me. I'm the real deal. You know, so I, I love these paragraphs. I love how they help us see, you know, the progression of the illness. It's permanent, progressive, and fatal. And this is part of the progression. I just kept getting worse and worse over time because my disease kept getting worse. And it will continue to get worse. But today it's at bay because I'm no longer picking up those, those substances and eating them. And I'm protecting my mind with a spiritual program. It's called the 12 steps and a higher power. So it really works. It does. Keep coming back and uh, keep reading these uh, paragraphs with us um, and, you know, just call people. Call people. What's your experience? This Thank is mine. You. See if you identify in. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you, Jen A. Jackie A., it's your turn, followed by Toby. Welcome, Hi, Jackie. I thank you so much for today. Um, so when I think about this, I think about two things, and I hope my sponsors are listening. So when I first came into program, I came in at the Labor Day weekend at the suggestion slash loving encouragement of my partner I just asked to leave my home. Uh, so I, it was broken. I was ready. I was ready to accept the truth. I was ready to accept that I wanted somebody else to leave my home because I thought they had a, a heavier eating problem than I did. And I knew that I needed help and I knew that I was struggling, but I wasn't ready until that same like dual intervention. Like I was making an intervention with him and ironically, he was the one that made the intervention with me that stuck. 
And I went on my first meeting, and the night before was the last binge that I had. And the last time that I had restricted, I went paddling that day. I broke up with him um, and barely ate before that. So, you know, I, I look at this, and um, it, and I just it talks about the consequences. Like, I was so fearful, and I learned this in abstinence. I was so fearful of being a widow, of being a widow. And I met so many women in the in the program who had lost spouses and men who had lost spouses. And guess what? They didn't lose their spouses to overeating. And yet I had this thought, you know, the whole set aside prayer of like, I wasn't, I wasn't putting myself in his shoes that he was afraid I was going to die. And he was the one that would say it to me. I, I'm terrified for you. Like, I, you need to go to the emergency room. You're bleeding. And I was like, I'm good. Like, and so the, the irony of this block here, um, I actually did go to the emergency room when I was with him. Our first month into dating when I was young, when we were together was I cracked my knee and was just walking around. My knee swelled up to the size of a a cantaloupe pretty much. And I showed it to him having been a former EMT and firefighter. Well, he was one, but, um, and he's just like, I think you need to go to the ER. So I was ready to lovingly trust someone else's medical judgment and I ended up paying a bill for them to send me out. Like I just just paid $1,500 to have an x-ray. Um, and the irony was that I wanted him to pay for a doctor's appointments, but I felt like I was paying the price of watching him suffer. And so, you know, I think that we do this in this program. And at least for me, is like I point the finger at somebody else and I'm so afraid to look in the mirror. I, was, I, I just looked at my license picture and and I look like a, I look completely different. I look like I engulfed the whole picture because this is when I was at a heavier weight right before a program, and um and this would have killed me. I I'm so I'm grateful. Too. Oh yep. And I set up a a geriat what is it gastroapologist a gastrologist appointment yesterday. Everybody, so I'm really grateful and thank you for helping save my life. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jackie A. and Toby. It's your turn, and can we have the initial of your last name, please? Hi, it's Toby Kay from Long Island, New York. Um, yeah, I can identify with the um, changing of environment. Um, I, I moved recently, um, well, not that recently, but it's, it is a couple of years, um, and I was in my other uh, house for... Uh, about 40 years so that's a pretty big change and um, we and I painted uh, my house was finally painted yesterday and I was so um, I was happy that it was painted but it was I was so disgusted that there was all this spackle and all this dust constant dust I couldn't deal with it I could not deal with the dust um, and of course, I couldn't deal with the dust in my kitchen, so I, I really did start to eat uh, a fruit, and then, um, then I said, okay, it's not enough. Then I'll have salad, and um, and God did for me what I couldn't do for myself because the salad um, was spoiled, and I had, and I didn't care. I didn't care. I was just eating it. It was spoiled, but I said, 
well, maybe it is okay. That's how sick I, I am. And then I saw that it was really spoiled, and I had to spit it out. So God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. And then finally I just said, okay, it's enough. You're you're going down a very slippery slope very quickly. And um, I brushed my teeth, and I went to a meeting. But I really, uh, even when I came home, I was still so compulsive and out of whack. So uh, I'm so glad to hear people on this line who are sane and um, who are bringing me back uh, to reality that I am a real compulsive overeater. Thank you for letting me share I pass. Thank you, Toby Kay. We have time for a couple of more shares. Who would like to share? Tuli B. Elizabeth D. Rosie W. Okay, thank you. Let Jennifer. me tell you who I heard. I heard Tuli B, Elizabeth, and somebody W, I think. Who was that? Rosie W. Sorry, I can't pick your first name. Uh, it was Rosie W. Are you saying Rosie? <laughs> Rosie, R-O-S-I-E. Rosie, thank you very much. Okay, Tuli B, please go ahead. Good morning, everyone, and Jen, at the, Jen H., thank you for your service. Um, <clears throat> yeah, definitely step one. And um, today I'm recovered by the grace of God, but not cured. This this paragraph really strikes me because my story is that, you know, I have considered being <laughs> these three different descriptions of of um, levels of addiction, and uh, I am definitely the heart. You know, I, I I'm a compulsive, um, a real compulsive overeater. I have never been able to moderate. Um, entire abstinence is the only solution for me. Uh, it's the only thing that has worked. Thank you, Visionaries, for that. Um, thank you, Big Book. The thing about it is that putting down the food is just the beginning. That's the beginning. Um, the real work, it comes from the steps and the actions necessary to to live a peaceful sobriety. Uh, if I'm not living in peace, if I'm not, if I don't have a deep connection with a higher power that is there for me for those moments when I am weak, you know, for those moments when I am disturbed, when I don't want to pick up the phone, I don't want to talk to anyone, I want to, I want to be in my disease. And, you know, it's been described here this morning starts out real simple, you know, oh, I'll just have this piece of abstinent food, maybe another one, uh, and then we're off and running to the races. Um, picking up that 1,000-pound phone, <laughs> it's not easy. I still resist it. And being of service to vision, uh, to other compulsive readers, key. It's, it's the only thing that keeps me out of my head, out of me, 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 and my problems is working with other people 
and staying connected with God, uh, letting God help me. And I'm just grateful, really super grateful for all of you guys because you're my tribe and you speak to me when I need to hear the solution. So I'm out with that. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you for 12-stepping me. I'm out. Thank you, Tuli B. Elizabeth, it's your turn. And can we have the initial of your last name, please? Hi, hi, everybody. My name is Elizabeth D. in Ohio. Can you hear me? Yep, please go ahead. Thank you. Okay, so I've been in OA for 21 years, and I spent decades practically looking at these three descriptions. And today, for the first time ever, did I notice that the moderate drinker having little trouble in giving it up entirely, if he has a good reason for it, they're neutral. They ha- they, they, they're already in the 10th step promises. They can take it or leave it alone. They give it up without any thought or effort. It's just a decision, and they don't look back. Um, I thought I was there because I had given it up and left it alone for so many times prior to coming into OA. And even in OA, Um, it took me a long time to understand that I wasn't this, but today I'm even seeing it on a whole new level. Um, This person has neutrality. The hard drinker, I also saw myself um, because I had given it up. Um, I I, I don't even feel like I ever fell into ill, ill health, and that's because I have such an incredibly high bottom. Um. I I don't feel as though it's ever taken me to a place of these descriptions. Um, So while I have consented and given assent to being a real alcoholic or a real compulsive overeater, um, I now realize that um, while I've been abstinent for years, I am still um, sick with compulsive food behaviors and I am still comfort seeking as it talks about basically in the um, doctor's opinion. I'm still seeking ease and comfort and, um, and I'm doing that with abstinent food and I'm doing it with behaviors um, and I just really needed to get on and say that. I've called myself recovered but I'm beginning to question that. Um, and this reading, actually the last few days, has helped me get further and further in touch with my truth. And, um, and I just, I'm just grateful that you all are here and um, constantly. You've been here for years. I've, I've drifted away to other sects of the program. And um, I'm just so grateful to be back and to be hearing truth today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth D. And Rosie W., you'll be our last person sharing this morning. Good morning, Rosie. Thank you. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Rosie W. here, recovered compulsive overeater in Devon in the UK. And, um, yeah, I've just been reflecting during this meeting on on how lucky I am to have found this this place, this home, and how grateful I am because one day, 
of successful dieting was all it took to convince myself that I was probably just a hard eater. And two days of successful dieting was all it took to convince myself that I was probably actually just a moderate eater, a compulsive eater. And um, more than two days, which I have to say happened really, made me question whether or not I had had a problem at all. And it had just, after all, as I'd always suspected, been a case of finding the right diet or the right food plan or the right therapist or the right whatever. Um, and I, I remember so clearly the time, the season of my life when I realised that I was um, a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety and the devastating loneliness and darkness that I lived in in that time you know I was still going about my normal life um I was still seeing people and yet within me there was despair like I've never known and I guess you know the reason it is so dark before the dawn is that before we come to recovery we don't know that there is a dawn until we know what it feels like to be recovered and to be neutral around food we have no idea that that's possible because you know, we, I guess we have absolutely no evidence to, uh, to attest to the fact that it is possible. Um, and what I'm doing is just building a bank of evidence daily, one day on a, at a time, that um, it is possible to be a compulsive reader of the absolutely hopeless variety and, um, and to completely recover. Um, and I remember my very first meeting, the first Shara was sharing about how she just really got her life together and she was off to live in America and how wonderful everything was. And I remember just thinking, oh, God, I'm not in the right place. And and then the next Shara said that he had been out for dinner with friends. And then on the way home, he passed an all night shop and he bought himself some dried fruit and he started eating some. And then he went to the next shop that he passed and he bought some more things. And then the next shop and he went he stopped at every single shop on the way all the way home. And I remember thinking, oh, right, okay. And it was the first time in my life I hadn't felt alone. It was the first time in my life I realised that there was such a thing as a hopeless case compulsive overeater and that I was one of them. And yet, (laughs) looking at the girl who'd shared before him, there was a solution. Um, And so, yeah, I guess that's why I throw myself into this with everything I have it, it does seem like a bum deal that half measures well as nothing as I heard someone share you know I sort of feel like I should get something out of half measures but I don't um so it's full measures every single day because I don't ever ever want to be in that awful place of being hopeless again because it's there it's always there it's there ready for me whether I'm happy or sad it's there um that's my reality uh, okay thank you so yeah I'm just I'm so grateful I found this place and that I was able to come home. Thank you. Thank you, Rosie W. Thank you to everyone who shared and to Team Wednesday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Wednesday, August the 10th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 19277. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. So, Sarah L., would you please read Vision for for us? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Absolutely. Um, This is Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. 
God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.